Hello. Hello, Nick. Hello. Hello. <laughs> it's a leap year this year, so this can be the final February podcast. I think it's number five. Hello, I'm Nick Briggs, and this is Paul Sprague. Hello. And this is David Richardson. Hello. David Richardson was, up until a few moments ago, <laughs> wearing a unit hat from off of the front of Doctor Who Adventures. This? And that plastic thing is meant to be, I think it's an oud attachment you put on your face. I don't like where David's trying to put my, it. My two I, don't like, I can't look over there now. My two and a half year old son enjoys these things very much. He's very pleased. Oh, the... And David's now wearing them as earrings. I didn't know there were two of them, but there are. <laughs> now then, this is a Gallifrey One Network 23 podcast. I don't know what the Network 23 thing is. I thought it's it was a, a score. Isn't it? Yeah, Gallifrey <laughs> One Network 23. Um, it, it's, uh, yes, and that was a convention in LA a couple of weeks ago, which Jason Hegelery, myself, and Richard Dinnick. Uh, attended along with a lot of other people and we did a special little Big Finish podcast where Big Finish enthusiasts who we love very much gave us a lovely reception and asked us all sorts of difficult questions which is what we asked them to do. Can I also say that following uh, that podcast you may have heard of the Toby Haydoke podcast mm. and we are in this podcast I, I want to use the word podcast a lot uh, giving you the opportunity to hear the Toby Haydoke podcast again again or to catch up with it if you haven't found it in our comedy feed blah 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 so david you've heard it it's great isn't it, it made me laugh a lot yeah um particularly the sketches actually i was really impressed by the quality of them yeah it's a proper show isn't it yeah 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 but it's very very funny toby haydoke sort of came to our attention and perhaps your attention dear listener uh, because of Moth's uh, My Doctor Who Scarf. But I would like to stress, and Toby certainly would like me to stress, that his podcast is not really about Doctor Who at all. So don't go listening to it thinking you're about to get, you know, lots of Doctor Who references. It's just comedy. I think, you know, very occasionally there might be some reference to cult television and stuff. But, mm. but it's, um, yeah, it's just comedy. So if it's not your thing, then fair <clears throat> enough. Um, but... I think it might be your sort of thing. I think it's hilarious. So give it a go. That will be happening after the Gallifrey One bit of the podcast. And after the Gallifrey One bit of the podcast, we'll also be talking about the competition results. What well, the prizes were... Um, what were the prizes? The prizes were... Um, oh, lots of exciting things. Yeah, thanks very much for your help. It's, Prepared as always. The, it was the uh, signed Sherlock Holmes CDs. <laughs> That's right, yeah. And also um, Anthony Lamb's artwork. Oh, yeah. That he did for the uh, Paul McGann's. And uh, also we had some runners-up prizes of a CD, didn't we, that people are going to pick. That's right. And uh, the, the question was, uh, name all the stories in which Terry Malloy has appeared on television and on audio as Davros. But anyway... Alongside the Doctor. Alongside the Doctor. That uh, was very important. Because uh, all of you who mentioned I, Davros, were, I'm afraid, wrong. Because <laughs> Doctor Who is not in I, Davros. Firm but fair. Anyway, that's all to come after Gallifrey 1. So over to me in uh, Gallifrey 1. Oh, and just a quick apology in advance that due to the impromptu recording at Gallifrey 1, some of the questions aren't perhaps as clear or loud as they might be, but we kind of reckon that you'll be able to work them out. 
Anyway, huge apologies in advance. Hello, my name's Nick Briggs and here I am at Gallifrey One Network 23. Yes, it's a Doctor Who convention in LA and we're just preparing to do a panel in a room where there aren't that many people because, well, it's a very big convention but they're all busy with celebrities. So uh, Jason Hay Gallery's just entered the room looking a little bit camp, mincing along. I have sitting next to me on my right, uh, Richard Dinnick. Hello, Hello, Jason. Hello. Hello. Hello, everyone. Hello. Yes, that's the audience. We move together. <laughs> right, what are we doing? Uh, crisps! They've all got crisps. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. Oh, wow. Cheetos crunches. Wowzer. Hold on, what's written on this? This is incredible. The moment I said, what are we doing? They all nodded to each other and pulled the crisps out. It says, crisp alert, please help me stage a crisp alert for the podcast. The cue will be... (laughs) When I take my hat off. off. Sometime after the intro, if they do one, please open your bags and crunch as loudly as you like. The more noise you make, the funnier, hopefully, this will be. And please don't give it away beforehand. Thanks. Brilliant. That was you. Of course it was you, Laura. Well done. Laura and her famous... We've been crisp and bush. Her famous big finish T-shirt naughtiness. <laughs> who earlier on at this convention gave me some big finish pants, which I haven't worn yet. Who are? Seriously? Oh, goodness me. Ooh. I may die if I eat more of these. Right. There's a variety if you want. There's different kinds if you want. Yeah, try some of these. Oh, yeah. They're, re- they're, they're quite good, but they're quite salty. You know Ooh. they've got caffeine in, don't you, Nick? Oh, stop it. <laughs> I'm, aller- I'm allergic to caffeine. Hold on. Right next to the microphone. That's going to sound really good. Mmm, yeah. Loving it. Mm. What do you want to ask us then? Can I just mention also, for the sake of the podcast, this is right near the end of the convention. <laughs> so I'm seven kinds of knackered. Right. Okay, yes, sir. What's your name? What's your Nick? Your name's Nick. Yeah, yeah. well, no, it's not. It's uh, my name's Sandro, and uh, Nick, your performances as Sherlock Holmes are so good. Oh, it's huh. given me a lot of Arthur Conan Doyle I've never had before. Oh, so good I'm lord! Is Big Finish exploring the idea of, of um, dramatizing other classics of literature, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, all those those kind of things that are in the public domain? Is that something that? Um, no, we're not looking into that um, because it's very difficult to to get a market. I mean, one of our problems with Sherlock Holmes. Just having another crisp. <laughs> or chip. Do you call them chip? Potato chips? Chip. Yeah. Chip, that's a bit weird. Mm. <laughs> I mean, we're having trouble finding enough people to listen to the Holmes stuff. Uh, you know. Um, one thing we, we, we might do in the future is uh, readings and not dramatizations. Dramatizations cost a lot of money, don't they, mm. Jason? Definitely. You're eating as well, aren't I'm you? I'm really enjoying <laughs> it. We had, we had to go out and do a lot of promotion. Uh, we, Nick and I went uh, to a couple of Sherlock Holmes Society of London events. And they sold pretty well there, actually. But uh, they haven't really come across us. So it's, no. it was a case of, you know, we're doing these 
great audios and nobody knows so you guys need to spread the word spread the word I mean I arranged a special offer with the Sherlock Holmes Society of London and we designed a, a leaflet as a PDF which that had hyperlinks on it and all this kind of stuff and gave them a code to phone up the hotline to give and precisely one person has responded you to that. Kidding. It's been really? sent out to the entire membership and precisely one person has responded to the uh, offer. I, I wrote to them and went, oh dear. And they, they, but he hopes, Roger yeah, Johnson yeah. of the Society hopes that the, the pickup will be larger well, later. Can I just ask a follow-up to that? Yes. Well, we really need to find a new audience, and the trouble with that is that we'll just be sort of carving chunks out of the Doctor Who audience, really, and then making... So the products start competing with each other. That's the danger, I think. Would you not agree, Jason? I would totally agree, and I'm eating all these crisps. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's part of the reason that we, that we stopped doing, for the moment, the short trips. That it was too... There were too many... Doctor Who ranges mm. uh, that they were kind of eating into each other. Um, eating into each other like this. Like Chris. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Mm. This is brilliant. I'm loving this. <laughs> but then a follow up to that, because I know at the Chicago Partis talk back, it was one person that had suggested sign societies or something like that to promote Sherlock here in the States. What has been the follow up or reaction with that? If well, yeah, we, we haven't managed to do that yet because we don't have enough time. I mean, you know, we're, we're, we're not very good at our marketing and we need to get better. And that's, that's my net. You know, the, the website thing is, seems to be about to be conquered. So one of my, <laughs> one of my next targets is, is marketing and I'm taking steps. Try ribbons. <laughs> Pardon? Marketing. Try ribbons. Ah. What can we say? There, there is a ribbon that says subscribers get more at Big Finish Talk. You mean these? The ones I've been handing out? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that one. Does anybody not have one? <laughs> these? Okay. Race for it. These are the last two. Now, sold out. What he's handing out are what they call ribbons. And when people attend this convention, they have a badge saying who they are. And then they stick these ribbons underneath that loads of different people make. Uh, to bring attention to certain things, maybe advertise certain things, or just be be funny about stuff. Give me an example of things written on there. Obviously, there's one that says subscribers get more at bigfinish.com. Bow ties are cool, but kilts are sexy. Bow ties are cool, but kilts are sexy. Was that yours? No, it's not mine. What's that about, that one? Uh, from the casino that the night that they did Friday night, it was the I survived the casino night. I survived the casino. Last year I got one for being exterminated by the Dalek in the hallway. Know your roots with a picture of Hartnell on it. Five hundred miles of Rasslon in honor of the uh, David Tennant's uh, favorite song from the Proclaimers. Uh, Five hundred. Okay. Yes. I've got one that's funny. Toilets behind the Pandorica. <laughs> Toilets behind the panel. Students run LA in honor of the uh, uh, charity for the auction. Okay. Yep. My son thinks the Pandorica's in our living room. <laughs> he, just, he just points to this large area and says, Daddy, it's the Pandorica. Oh, it's got to open. And he gets the sonic screwdriver and goes, Bzzz. He's 
two and a half. You're ruining his life. You know that, don't you? Listen, I didn't tell him where the Pandorica was. He just came up with that himself. <laughs> but I do come home and Steph, my wife, says, uh, I say, what have you been doing today? She goes, well, we've watched the Pandorica opens ten times. <laughs> you know, it gets to the end, because you get to the end, as soon as credits roll on something, he turns to you and goes, I need it again. <laughs> <laughs> yes? Another one is, a ribbon gave me this ribbon. How meta. <laughs> There's also um, a young lady who dresses as Lena, and she has one that says, Eyes up, Time Lord. So, <laughs> so they're looking at her face and not the other bits. Her mm. knife. Hello, sir, yes. More Lisa, please. More Lisa, yes. Lisa Greenwood, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. More Flip. Yes, more Flip. Right, you've enjoyed those, have you? The, the Sixth Doctor and. Excellent. Have you enjoyed meeting her this weekend? Oh, yes. yes. She's gone down really well, hasn't she? She's been, um, it's, I think uh, going to Big Finish Day probably helped her a little bit because it was a, a soft <laughs> a soft landing, I suppose, yeah. a soft introduction to uh, fandom. To um, 3,000 people in going LA. Going from yeah. 100 people <laughs> to 3,000 people in LA, so massive, massive really. But um, she's really, really enjoyed herself. She keeps on saying, I want to move here. When I move here, I'm saying it's not like this every day, you know. <laughs> but uh, no, she's been really enjoying herself, and she's going back to the hour, and she's going to be telling everyone how wonderful her time in LA is. So, Nick, do you need a hand? <laughs> yeah. no, I, I imagine that's how Davros ate Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to eat my Chris while holding the, the recorder at the same time. I got my hand stuck in the crisps. Just explaining for the people at home. <laughs> <laughs> That was a visual joke, sorry. <laughs> yes, yeah. so she's well, really well, enjoyed it, hasn't yes. she? Yes, well, there we go. yes, no, she's really well, enjoyed it. We'll try it. to do that. I mean, so, uh, I just, you know, mm. uh, uh, be naughty and tell you that the, uh, the next Colin Baker series we do, the next three, will be uh, with Mel. Yeah. Wow. That's, we haven't announced that yet, so shh. You haven't Hold on, it's in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Script, scripts are being written and you know I've spoken to Bonnie and we've had a good old chat about it turn it down in there will you there's, there's some Doctor Who going on on the screen I'm, are we breaking MCPS rules by that being in the background <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, is it oh that's it doesn't count then no. oh where have you been oh I feel bad now yeah. <laughs> you missed out on the, on the crisps yeah Find a seat, Charlie. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Thank so, you. Yes, um, sir. Yeah. Uh, my name is Justin. I run the audio drama wiki. Oh, that's right. You. I remember you asked. And a question. Uh, my comment is, I really like how, especially with the law stories, for example, you're grouping things together. It makes it easier to digest, I think. When yeah. When stories group together that have some type of commonality. And my question is, in terms of the future of audio drama as a medium, I know the BBC seems to be really stepping up their game with some of their stuff and their promotional activities. Well, from the promotional point of view, we've actually um, done a deal with Audio Go where they're helping to promote some of our stuff. So um, you may have noticed, well, some of you may have noticed that the first 50 um, Doctor Who releases recently went up on iTunes. But they came back down again, didn't they? They did, yes. <laughs> There's just a few little bits and bobs to do, like that, which they didn't tell us about, barcodes and uh, adjusting cover artwork and stuff like that, which we're doing now. But yes. 
we're not necessarily going to release them all like that, but we're just trying at, trying it out, mm. aren't we? Yes. Yeah. And some things. And Sherlock Holmes is on there as well, isn't yes, it? Yes, it is. Yeah. 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 But they've, yeah. they've got a big marketing machine behind them. They're a big organisation, and obviously it makes a lot of sense for us to, uh, rather than duplicate efforts, um, work together a bit more. Mm. Mm. Absolutely. I think that's the only effect it's having on us at the moment, though. Yeah. They all you go are our friends. They certainly are. Yeah. They are indeed. Yes, sir. Uh, my name's Eric. Uh, knowing that you're a big child of the 60s, any chance of bringing back the clocks? <laughs> <laughs> didn't we do that at some point? No, we did the crotons. Oh, we did the crotons. The crotons. We, we should do Return of the Quarks. <laughs> well, isn't there an issue with who was it who created the, the quarks? Mervyn Hazeman, Henry Lincoln. Yeah. I don't know whether they're happy about rights. We'd have to investigate that. Mm. I can't imagine it being a huge winner. To be honest with you, Bandrill <laughs> Empire has to come first. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. I remember I did want to, on the, on the end of uh, Exile, the infamous Unbound, where I played the previous Doctor, I was going to write on the end. <laughs> Don't patronise him. Don't patronise him. <laughs> Exile 2, they were screaming to a, to a man and woman. <laughs> in the street. Um, I was going to have a sort of secret track at the end that, which was an old style uh, Doctor Who trailer for the previous Doctor battling the quarks and I was going to do it and then record it onto a cassette and then play it on a cassette recorder and just record it with a mic so it sounded really grungy and awful. But you know, life was too short. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you again. Yes, me again. Thank you for getting Jeffrey Beavers back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You haven't heard it yet, though, have you? No. Yeah. You've heard little bits of it in preview podcast things, yeah. Yeah. Jeffrey Beavers returns with the Fourth Doctor in the yes, yes, the the White Worm and um, the Asiden adventure. Mm, I wonder who's in that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and we've got more plans for him, I think. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Hello. Yeah. Well, that, I've not been thinking of that. The Rani or Drax? Drax from uh, the Armageddon Factor. Yes. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, no plans. The Drax Companion Chronicle. Yeah. Is that chap still around? Barry, what's his face? Barry Jackson. Barry Jackson. Is he? Yeah. Is he? Is, he is, isn't he? He's the pathologist in Midsummer. Yeah. Oh, there you go. You never know. A Drax Companion Chronicles. You know, you know, David Richardson will want to do a Drax series after that, won't he? <laughs> <laughs> and you'll yes, get, I've been conned into this you'll before. Be, you'll be, <laughs> do we have, do we have the, the spin-off series where he's in prison? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is he, wasn't he in Wormwood Scrubs or something like that? Is he? Wasn't he? Brixton, sorry, Brixton. Yeah. Oh, goodness me. He was, the like, he was a Cockney time lord, wasn't he? He's, yeah, he was, yeah. <laughs> to Gallifrey. <laughs> the main thing I remember about those, uh, the, the Armageddon factor is that when it was first broadcast in the UK, the picture uh, cut out during, I think it might have been the final episode. Just oh, transmission yeah. just broke. And the, and the live announcer was caught completely unaware. It just went, the, the screen went blank and uh, nothing happened. And then you heard sort of... Oh, um, I'm sorry. Uh, there seems to be a problem. 
<laughs> and then just a picture came up on the screen, you know, and I think they just start and then, then it was nothing else happened. And then they started to just fade up some music and then it just immediately and then suddenly it came back again. I can only imagine that the videotape broke and someone was just sticking it back together. <laughs> We must find out. <laughs> we must find. We must find out what happened. If anyone's listening, what did happen? I think it was the Armageddon Factor, episode six. Yeah, it broke down during transmission. <laughs> Sometimes I abuse myself, yes. but nobody else. Yes. Speak, speaking of companion chronicles, uh, I had a, a couple of people come up. I think it was a. Um, it was probably an organised campaign to try and get us to do um, a, a hex companion chronicle. <laughs> Oh, it was an organised campaign. OK, fair. <laughs> hey, well, you know, it's a possibility. But, I mean, we have him in the stories, and what's the point of doing a Companion Chronicles? Uh, we, we kind of have arrived at the idea that Companion Chronicles mm. are for uh, companions whose doctors we're unable to use because they're no longer with us now. I mean, you know, we were doing Tom Baker companions, but we've no need to do that now because we've got Tom. So, But, yeah, well... Sometimes we do a companion chronicle that ties in with the main range in some clever way. So we could do that, couldn't we? Okay. You could do it as a preview. Uh, pre Prequel. Prequel, that's the word I was looking for. Yeah. Um, we did that with, uh, Prisoner's, with Dilemma. Prisoner's Dilemma. Very yeah. good. Very well remembered. Very well. <laughs> we did, yeah, yeah, true. Yes. And Charlie. I, I, yeah. Yes. So yeah, right. you're saying yeah. <laughs> what I'm saying is what I'm saying is I'm not saying we didn't do that I said that's what we're leaning towards now okay. kind of as a general rule that's what David is thinking but maybe he'll listen to this podcast and change his bloomin' mind yeah. <laughs> you're missing Paul Sprague aren't you I know where's the comedy genius when you need him all right then, I'll <laughs> going going forward, <laughs> the Reuters. Well, he's, been, so, he's been busy with Stargate, hasn't he? That's, uh, that's yeah. what he's been doing, and, and Highlander and everything, and everything, everything. else. He, he is, does everything he in the office. Like yeah. a, he should be. Well, he's like an octopus. He's. <laughs> he lives inside well, a Dalek. <laughs> inky, inky, yeah. He is covered yeah. in ink. He's quite. I imagine he's quite pleased because my wife's been into the office because all our one by one we've got no office management going on. One by one, all the fluorescent lights have been going off, and he said this is ridiculous because you know, of course, it gets dark in the afternoon in the winter, and uh, he's sitting there with with one fluorescent light that isn't over his desk trying desperately to see what he's doing, you know. So, uh, it's uh, Dickensian, my, isn't it? Yes. My, <laughs> there's no more coal on the fire for you. Surra no surrounded, surrounded by sort of portable heaters to keep him warm. But my wife's been in to mend the... Um, yeah. She's very practical, your wife. Well, like, it was a practical... Your brother said to explain to me how to do it, Jason. Mm. And I, I said, yeah, I'll just get my wife to do that. because <laughs> She's the one who does it. So she's gone and bought the blooming things and fitted them. And they're meant to be eight, and she's fitted six so far. Brilliant. So, so I'm looking forward to getting back to a very bright office. Yes. You go in with sunglasses. <laughs> yes, I can't bear the light. Going back a moment, your, your reaction to, uh, to Hex was very enthusiastic. Has Phil been a big, um, a big revelation here this weekend? Woo! Yeah. Oh, OK, fair enough. Do you like his muscles? <laughs> yeah. He's, did you see him swimming? <laughs> your eyebrows just went so far up they went down the back of your head 
has Laura. It's okay, it's on YouTube, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Anyway, yeah, well, that's good to know that you like. We love Phil, he's brilliant. And when we, when we went out the other night, he wasn't at all embarrassing. Anyway, uh, we shan't, that's X-rated, right? Uh, it's quite an experience going out with Phil. Oh, I remember now. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yes. the thing with the rope. Yes, yeah, no. not even going to mention that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Right, okay, anything else? So Is that it? Oh, oh there we go. Yes. Um, curious about your take on that. And do you tend to usually want to make them a trilogy, or does, do they not have to have anything to do with each other? They don't. Exactly. There's no rules. That's what I say. You just do what you feel is a good story, and we think, you know, and Alan and I have a conversation. Goodness me, Laura's going. What's up? You, you, she's going to the swimming pool. You what? I can listen to the podcast. That's true. Right. Okay. This is the bit where Laura went. <laughs> and we okay. said, what well, now? What do we really think yeah, of her? Yeah, what do we really yeah. think of Laura? <laughs> She's outrageous, isn't she? Yeah, she's got very big eyebrows. They go up very high. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what you're going to say then, considering her T-shirt comments. Um, <clears throat> now, she, yes, she did. Well I done. I did eat two of the packets as well. Yeah. Really? How many yeah, did you get? Throw more crisps. Um, yeah, so it's what... Wow, God, uh, nearly had my eye out. Uh, um, so, yes, it's what... It's great for sound. This, is, this was the old complaints, wasn't it? Oh, people got very cross. Was, is there anyone here who got very cross about the crisps? Come on, own up. Was it you? <laughs> you don't even know what we're talking about, do you? Oh, you don't. <laughs> That's brilliant for a podcast, just miming things, Peter. Yeah. Peter Angelini said. Right. Um, yeah, it's whatever, whatever works, really. So I don't want to be stuck. I, I'm, I'm not one for tying us down to particular things. Like the thing I said about the Companion Chronicles only being the first three Doctors, you know. I don't, that's not set in stone. I think you, you, you box yourself into corners by making rules about stuff like that because the moment you make a rule, you find the need for an exception. <laughs> Which do you prefer? That's sensible, isn't it, I yes. think? Yeah. Keep, keep your options open, you know, because you don't want to limit possibilities with stories. Stories are all about having no limits and doing interesting stuff. Another question. <laughs> yes, sir? What are you doing with India? I, I never touched her. <laughs> I think the British Raj pulled out in about 1949, Hey! <laughs> See what we did there. <laughs> uh, we will eventually do a spin-off series with Charlie. Which, yeah. Which Jason rather bitterly said, which Nick insists on writing, which is a bit like saying, oh, your mother-in-law's coming round for tea. You know? uh, well, if someone else was writing, it might have been done by now. Yeah, but it wouldn't have been what I wanted. <laughs> oh, it's all about you, isn't it? Well... Yes. To quite a large degree, I suppose it is. <laughs> I like it to be about other people. A lot of it's about David Richardson. Mm. Yeah. Not about Charlie. That's about me. Yeah. And I promised India I'd, I'd do it. All right? Hang on. It's coming. I'll write, well, it. I'll write it on the plane on the way back, all right? Okay. <laughs> okay, another question. Thank you, sir. Yes. 
Di Menzies, who featured in the Sixth Doctor. Adventures. She's rather good. I she think. was very, very good, and Colin rather liked her. Mm. <laughs> He's always pretty good. Right there, bring her back, bring her back. Um, it's a possibility. We've no plans at the moment, but she's a useful character, and I think you know. Sometimes the narr I mean, the last time she was in it, she wasn't planned to be, but there's a character there, and and um, Alan Barnes said to me, "This might as well be Di Menzies. Let's make it her. Let's make it more personal. Let's you know." Uh, and so you know that was um, the Thomas Bre the crimes of Thomas Brewster, mm. yeah. Originally written with just another police character, and I thought, well, that's daft. You know, let's have her back. It's quite nice to have a, a character that doesn't end up being a pan companion, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Mm. <coughs> ambulance. It's crisps. It's bloody crisps. What? Oh, I thought, it was an, I thought it was an ambulance. No, I mean, it was a crisp all the time. Sorry, it's quite nice to have a. That's character. methylated spirits. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's very nice to have a character that's um, that's not actually travelling with the Doctor, that's recurrent, but uh, it sort of harks back to the unit days in some ways. Mm. Yeah. Mm. <coughs> Is that OK for an answer? Yeah. So, what were you going to ask? Yes, um, very grateful for the, uh, for the guests you've been bringing over to the States, be it here or in Chicago. Any possible chance in the world for David Warner? <laughs> Is there? Does he, does he fly these days? He, he lived in L.A. for ages, yeah, didn't he? He doesn't really fly these days. I have actually asked him before. Um, and he did do a British... He did Big Finish Day, He did Big he? Finish Day. And he, yeah. He's, he loves Big Finish. I think you're fully aware of that. Um, we love him. We love him, totally. He's an amazing actor. He's a wonderful person. Yeah. Um, I think... Uh, you never know. We can ask him again. Yeah. But, um, Here, what, what, there, that, yeah. by your bag, there. Yeah. 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 Okay. Just make a note of that. What's Maggie Stables? Yeah. Maggie Stables, yes. Well, we'll have a word. India. India, obviously. When we do the spin-off series, yeah. That would be a good idea. Yeah. So definitely. that's you're committing to get India back here for the launch of the spin-off series next year. Is that? <laughs> I'm actually biting my fingernails. I suddenly realised. <laughs> Uh, this this podcast is my internal monologue. <laughs> yes, we make it easy. Yes. Doctor, yes. Is there any aspect of it you hate? So, in your powerful Ooh. position, you would resolve never to put that monster in a drama or never to put that character in. Is there, is there one that you particularly don't like as much as the rest of us? Oh, that's a very interesting question. Bandle Empire. Bit negative. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing really springs to mind. Uh, never say never, I suppose, is my motto with anything, really. I mean, I would never have thought that we would have done the Crotons, for example, because they're not a great Doctor Who monster, are they? But then we just we we were just thinking, who could we bring back that would make people think, oh, I wonder what they'd do with them? And I, th and I have fond memories of the Crotons when I first saw it as a child. Uh, I always remember the Doctor going, whoops, butterfingers, and, you know, putting the headphones on the wrong way around. And, you know, for years I was doing that and not amusing anyone at all. <laughs> I still do it now, frankly. That's me. Um, I, oh, I wonder, I wonder. What, what do you do? do? What would yeah. you change to take the Doctor out? To t wait. <laughs> Take him out? What? Yeah, just take the doctor out, just have the companions. Oh, no, that's, that's the companions. I thought you meant, like, for a cup of tea or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, take, take, <laughs> no, take him out. Take him out. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't have a... Do I have a huge hate? I'll leave now. 
<laughs> no, I mean, come on, we've had lots of conversations uh, over the years. Yes, yes. especially on planes. Oh, um, definitely not today. What is the least favourite episode? Of all. Least favourite. So you, you don't get into trouble. No. <laughs> well, can I just say, I mean, historically, we have actually taken monsters that haven't done that well on television and tried to resurrect their careers, in inverted commas. I mean, example of that is the Nymon, actually, and yeah. Paul Cornell's script... Um, the name of which is escaping me right now. Seasons of Fear. Fear, well done. Mm. Seasons of Fear was A, very, very good. B, we had great actors. C, I always remember the look on everyone's faces when we actually showed them the Nymon on the video screen. Do you remember doing that <laughs> oh, down in Bristol? <laughs> yeah. We're like, we should show you what they looked like. That was a mistake. And, uh, <laughs> uh, but the reality is you can, you can you know, resurrect uh, characters and monsters and make them better. Um, so I don't think, really, I can't think of anything I wouldn't. I would say I'd like to erase from Doctor Who history. Um, no, I mean, but there's been a, a, an email campaign from some people asking for Chameleon to come back. And, of course, you know, Gerald Flood, who was the main voice of Chameleon, is no longer with us, but... Of course, the thing about Chameleon is, is he changes his appearance. I mean, we could do that, but I, I would say that I'm not rushing to do that. It doesn't <laughs> fill me with, you know, uh, huge, would thrilling you do, ideas. Would you do a companion chronicle where Chameleon was in the TARDIS for several episodes and what he did, you know, just wandering around, <laughs> opening doors. <laughs> Cleaning the loo. Yeah. Yeah. Useful yeah. thing, changing the light bulbs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I can see it now. If it wasn't so uh, controversial, I would love to do more Frobisher, actually, because I think he's a great spinner. Yeah. Well, Robert Jezik is a is a wonderful actor. He brought the character to life so well. Yeah, and we haven't actually gone near Frobisher for at least ten years. Mm -hmm. It's just that we did find at the time there was a lot of resistance yes. to it. That was our first thing, as we've said many times before, where there was a clear, vociferous block of people who said, we will not buy that. That is not proper Doctor Who, because it's from a comic, and we're not interested. So, you know. For but I can't think of... Can't Rob Shearman was very put out, actually, for, for many years. Um, Holy Terror was actually our lowest-selling um, CD. And what? What? I know. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's all context. Those, those who love, loved it, loved it. We loved it. Yeah. We thought it was brilliant so, I writing. It was brilliant writing. That's where we got so many other things from him. Yeah. But the reality is, as Rob Shearman's um, fame um, and reputation grew within Doctor Who, um, people said, oh, I've, I've heard Jubilee, I've heard this. Um, oh, all right, I've given them by Holy Terror. And it's now one of the best selling. Yeah. So it shows you that um, the memory cheats. Mm. I think it's now seen as one of the one of the big Finnish classics, isn't it? The yeah. Holy Terror is, is seen as one of the early early best ones. You know. Well, it redefined what you could do with mm. Doctor Who, I think. Yeah, it, and it's why I became a friend of Rob Shearman's because I heard it and mm. thought, this is written by a proper writer. Ladies and gentlemen, Laura is back. She's milking it totally, waving her arms in the air. Yeah, she loves it. We won't ask you why you went. Okay. I had to go hug Paul McGann. You had to what? Go hug Paul McGann. Did you? Hug, Paul, hug, Hug. She's hugged Paul McGann. I thought I heard a police siren. Is that a, <laughs> is that a euphemism? 
Home again? No. no. Um, okay. Sorry, I, I, I feel like I failed to give you, you know, if I were Gary Russell, really I'd, li- I'd list, I'd list ten things that I really yeah. hated. Yeah. Wouldn't I? Yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Go on, Julie. The main problem is that um, we produce so many items which are actually for Sherlock Holmes, Doctor Who, Blake Seven, you know, Bunny Summerfield, Stargate, Highlander. If we created something which was original, we have um, a very fixed fan base um, who support us. And if we brought out something new and original, there's only going to be a small percentage that would probably buy it. I mean, interestingly Unless we can find another market, find another way of reaching more people, and that's our constant quest. That is our constant quest, but it's also the constant quest quest of just about every other publishing company in the world. And we're up against huge companies that launch new ranges, and we're just us. Mm. So we we always have that issue. Um, I've got to say, we sort of did something a little bit different with Graceless last year. Um, which has gone down very well. The reviews were fantastic, um, and it was a very different, um, very different style to what to the, the with the characters than they had in Doctor Who, um, and uh, I think it was a very, very creative way of moving forward. However, it wasn't a huge success. I mean, sales. have any of you here got Graceless? Yeah, I see. Oh, yeah, okay. not, but. Okay. okay. Wish harder. Get it off the wish list and onto the action list. <laughs> because we, we've just brought out Graceless 2, and if it sells well enough, we'll have Graceless 3. Um, and it's important to us to actually have our own creations, stuff that we actually own and create. Mm. But uh, there and, we go. And also, I just recently read a proposal from Martin Montague mm. about uh, uh, doing short trips general science fiction short trips but also with in mind for sales to radio and stuff like that to original but, you know. it's all down to budget how much outlay and how much you can expect to get back to cover that we'd love to do stuff like that yes hello hello <laughs> trouble um. Um, I don't think we did no, actually. I, don't think so. I mean, it's very interesting. I think ch- things have changed. I think the world mm. moves on. Yeah, I think. Um, I think people some people did. There were. I remember really? some postings where some people were saying, "Well, this isn't right. We can't have these characters from books and comics here." You know, but I don't think it was the general point of view, which is good, isn't it? No, I think people have been because Doctor Who is now so. It's interesting. Again, it's coming back to the whole Sherlock Holmes thing. Um, you know, uh, Doctor Who is now in so many different forms of media. And, you know, I, I, I said on a documentary quite recently that um, Doctor Who's now like Sherlock Holmes. It could stop for 10 years or 15 years and come back, but it's always now going to come back, I think. And Very probably, I would say. Yeah. Yes, I think so. It's, it's been ingrained like, like Sherlock Holmes or Charles Dickens. Um, so I think people are more open-minded now about accepting different versions of the same universe, as it were. Um, but no, I mean, it, uh, 
I've, I found that release to be incredibly successful, actually. Um, I thought it was um, a, a great way of, of having an, a new take on Paul's Doctor. Yeah, definitely. It was a brilliant idea. It was Alan Barnes who came up with the idea, you know. And a fun. lot of love for, for Fitz. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Lizzie yeah, <laughs> <laughs> was great. Uh, who should we go? You first. A companion chronicle with John and Gillian. The Is this the TV action? The TV action companion. Fantastic. Probably not, I'm saying. <laughs> but you know, never say never. No, Mind no, you, no. we've just done one with, uh, with uh, the two companions from um, Crystal and Jason from The Ultimate Adventure. Yeah. Yes, um, yes we did do that. Yes. Beyond The Ultimate Adventure. And it, it was an opportunity adventure. to get Terence Dix back writing a brand new script. Yeah, very good. Did you all like that one? <laughs> No! <laughs> <laughs> oh, now, come on. Do you love us or not? Right. <laughs> yes, sir. And who? Sharon. Sharon. Oh, Sharon, yes. Sharon, who suddenly got big and sexy after a couple of stories, didn't she? Or, yeah, was she it, suddenly yeah. grew up. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I feel like I should be arrested for saying that now. <laughs> it just looked to me like I was some kind of pervert. <laughs> but she was there, wasn't she? She was, yeah, no, she she was she gorgeous, Sharon. Yes. Oh, I like Sharon. Yeah. Yes. I am sounding like a pervert. Why am I speaking like that? <laughs> I mean, she was rather comely. You, yeah. Yes, that sounds worse, actually. No, yeah. Um, Do you want to wipe this bit? <laughs> Hold on. I wiped the recorder. That was the, with, with a cloth. <laughs> How we laughed. Uh, <clears throat> yes. Uh, you're right. It is the next logical step. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so are we going to see? Are we going to see uh, tides of time? Oh, we've adaptation. spoken about doing stuff like that. Yeah. I would love to do stuff like that. I would never say never to that, but. Oh. <laughs> I would like to adapt the TV action strips as well. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm that crazy. <laughs> yeah. Hello, in the front row. Not necessarily a companion chronicle, but what about uh, bring, uh, if he's up for it, Savalon Glitz? Yeah. From Trial and Dragon. That's a question if he's up for it. I don't know. What was that noise? <laughs> I think somebody just beamed in. Yeah. <laughs> I actually know that. What's it from? Oh, oh it is. That you're absolutely right. Yeah. The first episode of Doctor Who's playing. No satisfactory answer to your question. Yes, sir. Uh, just had a, a question about like because you said like David Warner, you know, like actors that you couldn't get into your studios. I was just thinking, you know, as far as like uh, you know the internet, you know, like you know people can record it, you know, uh, outside of the uh, you know the, out of the UK, like could, could that could that be possible? Yeah, we've just been talking about that today. About an hour and a half ago. Yeah. So yes, it's it's quite likely we have done that sort of thing before. That's how Stargate. Doctor Who. No, we do Stargate. Stargate and we do Dark Shadows like that. To be honest, um, so it could well happen. Question. Uh, I guess I was wondering now with Paul McGann, he he's been the, the, the movie Doctor, and you were able to get him to be able to be the Doctor on Big Finish. Yeah. Why was he not tied up in the same way that the, the his companions? Interesting. 
because the Doctor was always owned by the doc uh, by the BBC, and in the co-production, sensibly the doc uh, the BBC kept hold of the Doctor. The um, the two companions were actually created in conjunction with the deal to make the movie, and obviously therefore the the rights are shared. But it's just incredibly complicated now because it never it never went to series to actually sort out rights on the companions. I mean, we'd love to do it, but it was just we did look into it myself and Gary ages ago, and it just was a nightmare. So it just never happened. It's a shame because um, we've had Daphne in and Yiji in as well, and we'd love to have them recreate their roles. Yeah, yeah, and no, I've told them that I was really sorry that we couldn't do that. So yeah, it's a shame, isn't it? Mm. But, uh, but yeah, but thank goodness the doctor thing didn't, uh, yeah. Yes? <laughs> I don't think, I know John quite well. I think he'd be very cross if I called him a white whale. Um, uh, John Levine, well, we're hoping to do a John Levine one. Steps. A companion chronicle, yes, yeah, steps are being taken. There they are again. Uh, yeah, no, I haven't. Oh, who? No. No. For many years, Tom was that um, big white whale, as yeah. you say. Um, but I don't know. We have who? Who's left that we? I guess it's new Who, isn't it? It's the oh, I suppose that's, that's it. Oh, yeah, that's, that's the, the next thing. thing. If yeah. we could ever do the new Doctor Who stuff, because I, I know David Tennant really would love to do it. I mean, in, in David's mind, you know, he, he just assumes that one day he will do audio Doctor Who adventures because he believes that's what Doctor Who's do, you know. And he, <laughs> I know that because he's told me that, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't constitute a contract either way. <laughs> uh, that's just him chatting, you know, so that's what we'd love to do. You were asked, you were asked about uh, recasting or, or getting um, uh, Michael Troughton or, or, or Sean Pertwee uh, yeah, to I mean, do that's, I think there are possibilities there you know because now in the Companion Chronicles we, you've heard other actors doing the voices of the first three Doctors so there, there are possibilities there find something interesting to do I don't know I'm thinking about that now actually I mean I have been talking to Alan Barnes about that but various ideas mm. yeah okay so how did you get Tom to do oh well um have you not heard what he had to say about it? He said, uh, I mean, we asked him that. We did a podcast with him. We asked him, and he said, because he's capricious. Uh, and he said that and because David Richardson and I went to meet him and he liked us and we laughed at his jokes and um, <laughs> uh, because they were funny, I hasten to add. And uh, yeah, he just and I don't know, something's obviously changed in his life where he's just thought, yeah, I'm into this. Also, it happened because lots of Doctor Who fans. Uh, kept asking him about it and particularly I have to thank Trevor who was his driver from some 10th Planet events who really talked up Big Finish and the long drive back from London <laughs> to where Tom lives and also Seb from the uh, Doctor Who online podcast who, who asked him in a podcast about it and then phoned me or, or emailed me I can't remember which and said Tom Baker has just said he might be interested in doing a Tom Baker doing a Doctor Who uh, and uh, and then and I insisted on him sending me the audio clip to prove that it was true and it was and so I thought okay so yeah to add on to that I don't know if you heard but during Louise Jameson's panel she was also talking about helping to get Tom yes do big finish because she had emailed him 
and was saying how great you guys are. So I'm sure that helped as well. Mm. That was the other factor. No, you're absolutely yeah, right. I, I forgot that. Yes. And yeah, we owe a lot to Louise for that. Yeah. Yes, sir. With the Dark Shadows movie coming out this summer, mm. uh, is Big Finish <coughs> doing any cross-promotion opportunities to sort of draw attention to your Dark Shadows range? There is uh, a few things afoot. Um, I had a, a meeting with Jim Pearson this week, actually, who looks after uh, Dark Shadows for the estate. And um, yes, there may well be some, but obviously we're not connected with the new movie. And in a similar way, we're, we're not able to use the new movie uh, in the audio dramas. We're still using the old series. And so it's, it's a similar sort of situation to Doctor Who in some respects. Um, so, uh, yes, we will be cross-promoting. Um, we're trying to do something with Fangoria, um, with a couple of other magazines as well. Um, but yes, it would be stupid not to try and do something, but uh, we will see what happens. Hello. Uh, that's a very good idea. <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've got it recorded. We'll remember that. Yeah. Yes, ask Stuart about yeah, that. Yeah, we will. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Anyone else? Yes. Me again. Um, thank you for Gallifrey for wrapping it up in the next you know, year. Looking forward to it. Um, and just giving Gary the chance to do it because it's been a really good series. Yeah, because of people like yourself, uh, I don't know what you actually have ever spoken to me about it, but at lots of convention, I was, conventions I went to, people kept putting their hands up and asking, are you doing Gallifrey? I think in the UK it was just one person cleverly disguised every time. Uh, but uh, they, I, I just got this impression that there was a, a need for it. So, you know, I asked Gary, and I th asked him several times to do it, and he said, oh, no, the time's not right. And then, you know, I, I asked him again, and he, he said yes. So I was really pleased. Because I want, you know, there's no point withholding things that people want. Because so, uh, <laughs> they'll buy them. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So good on them, I say. Yeah. Mm. So it's, there's a little private joke going on in the audience. What's that? <coughs> what was the private joke? It was private. Was it? <laughs> <laughs> there's no use in withholding things people want. Yeah. Like Fits. Fits. Okay, Charlie's coming. Uh, uh, fits, fits, You're gonna fits, get fits, fits. Again, you know that. Oh dear, fits, 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 fits. fits. Okay. Mm. Can you write out the check now because then it'll happen. <laughs> okay. Well, um, that this is going to be the end of this podcast. I want to thank you all for being lovely. Thank you. And um, until next year. Yeah. That sounds so sad. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to miss you. We really oh, are. We've had a great, have we all had a great time at this convention? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Goodbye. Subscribers get more at BigFinish.com. Hey, hey. <laughs> it's all true. There you are. That was Gallifrey one. And and what about these? They look lovely on you. 
that are. are you sure you should be wearing them outside your trousers <laughs> these are the actually that's probably a good thing isn't it the last thing we want to see is you dropping trow now in the middle of a podcast that we do to explain these are big finish underpants of a rather large persuasion um <laughs> It looked just your size, Nick. Yes, thank you. Uh, supplied by Laura, who um, wrote in and gave you the thrill of your lifetime <laughs> by talking about the positioning of the word big on the Big Finish t-shirt yes, and how it, it was, coincided it was, with certain parts of her anatomy. Yes, it was unfortunate, I believe, was the, the word that was used. But she turned out to be uh, a lovely person who kept us amused and was the person who, in the middle of the Gallifrey podcast, just disappeared. We thought to go to the loo, but she actually went to, as you heard, hug Paul McGann. Uh, and also she arranged the crip, crisp ambush at the beginning of the podcast, which you two have yet to hear. There aren't any crisps in this podcast, are there? Not yeah. where well, there are not in there. the Gallifrey One bits. Oh. Yeah, outrageous. Oh. But there'll be letters, but not from America because it was their own fault. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so, uh, coming up any minute now is the Toby Haydoke podcast, which sounds a bit like this. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the very first Toby Haydoke podcast. A bit like that, yeah. And, uh, and it's very funny, and it's by Toby Haydoke, and it's not necessarily about Doctor Who or sci fi or anything, it's just funny. And we're just giving you a chance to, to hear it on the end of this podcast. If it's not your kind of thing, just stop. You know, you've had a lot of Doctor Who stuff in this podcast so far. So hopefully you won't feel shortchanged, misguided, cheated or outraged. Um, or irked. Irked, yes. Mm, it could be the, the word of the week. So uh, what is the competition result? Well, we mentioned earlier... But the question was, name all the stories in which Terry Malloy has played Davros uh, featuring the Doctor and on television and audio. I've managed to ask these questions like, completely in the wrong order, don't I? That's why we have so many wrong answers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'll be it. And the answers were... Oh, you want me to read these ideas? Oh, oh Sprag. I, 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 don't know, I never you. know when he's going to stop and expect me to do something useful. It's just that I go, were, and look at you in the kind of go way, and you kind of go, yeah, what? Resurrection of the Daleks. Yeah. Revelation of the Daleks. Yeah. Remembrance of the Daleks. Oh, I like that one. There's a theme emerging here. Davros. Of the Daleks. That was, that was oh, the no. trickiest no, no, one. No, no, no. That was the trickiest one to get, wasn't it? Davros. Of the Daleks. Yeah. The Juggernauts. <laughs> of the Daleks. <laughs> Terra Firma of the Daleks which David uh, about a week ago called Terra Firma and thus utterly spoiling the brilliant <laughs> joke <laughs> and and most importantly as a lot of people overlooked it Masters of War of the yeah, Daleks the unbound one of the yeah. Daleks <laughs> and yeah, also that, that could... was that was the trick well not a trick one but that that was the one that quite a few people uh, failed to uh, spot mm. so. was that the curse of Davros the cruise of Davros. Well, we said aside from the cruise of Davros because we were oh. talking about that. But we didn't so, penalise so. people for mentioning the cruise of Davros. There's so many clauses in this question. Isn't <laughs> no, there? Right. Don't feature the Doctor that isn't the curse of Davros. <laughs> wasn't broadcast on a Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> so the... I think we set this while David wasn't in. He would have knocked this on the head. Oh, that would have done it. Well, he had such a smooth podcast without him. <laughs> um, so... Uh, what, <laughs> he, look, he looks genuinely hurt something now. up here. He's also, <laughs> he's also sitting to the side of his microphone again. I just can't believe I he I am podcasting side saddle. Yeah. <laughs> he's managed to be a long way off his microphone, but still pop into it. So he's over there, and he sounds like he's sitting on top of it as well. So, just like to criticise my colleagues. Bullying um, in the workplace. <laughs> Sprague, punch him. Oh. 
Um, right. Uh, we set Bob on it. Who? <laughs> Bob, are you there? <laughs> That actually hurt. Um, right. <laughs> well, you shouldn't do that to Bob. We no, I we've had this conversation. Sorry, Bob. <laughs> okay. Um, so who do you got want to it who right? won? Who won? <laughs> it was uh, Tom Dyke. Tom Dyke. Okay. Who's and from nowhere? You've got to email he's, him. He's and find from out. Hotmail, apparently, rather okay. rather unhelpfully. Send his prizes to Hotmail. Then. Yeah, that'll yeah. teach him. So, what's he winning? We've been through this. I know, but there's been a whole delightful artwork, delightful artwork of Anthony Lamb that is actually here in my drawer. Not Mary Shelley's stuff. Yeah, well, Anthony's drawn a self-portrait, and so we'll be sending that along as well. (laughs) (laughs) Now we've got to make Anthony Lamb draw a self-portrait. Do you realise what you've done? It's the stuff from the Mary Shelley Eighth Doctor releases. Yeah, from the alternate covers. Yeah. Exactly. I'm just trying to explain for the people listening because this podcast isn't listened to by your head. Oh, I can yes, see how that podcast would have gone very smoothly without me now. <laughs> well, it's something to I do can with see your... how I hold it all up. It's something to do with your influence has clearly made his brain. It's like holding a compass near a magnet. Paul Sprag <laughs> near you goes haywire. That's my perfectly reasonable theory. <laughs> oh, uh, anyway, yes. Yeah, so it was it was it was Sherlock Holmes signed CDs mm-hmm. for our, our first prize, prize winner. Yeah. And uh, and indeed those uh, special bits of art. And then we had a second prize, which were also signed CDs, um, which are going to go to Stevo. Well done, Stevo. Where's Stevo from? Hotmail or Google uh, he, Mail? He's, he's from Ireland, from uh, Charleville. Oh, okay. And his actual name is Stephen O'Connell. He has actually put all of that in there, but he signed his name Stevo, so that's what I read out. Okay. He has mentioned the cruise of Davros, so why not? So bonus points. Well. Yeah. Do you, do you want the uh, runners up? The runners up who can uh, contact us and let us know what free CD they would like. Yeah. Uh, there's Going Mark. Forward. There's Mark. Mark Hunt. Right. There's um. Well, there's there's someone called called Chris. Um, who who unhelpfully you well, made that sound like it was I've never heard that name before. <laughs> well, they call him Chris. Well, there, there's a bit of, there's a bit of a dual problem here in the sense that um, that he hasn't left his address, but he also hasn't left his name. So apart from Chris, oh. we just have his email address. So I'll just have to email him and say it's that it's you. It's you're the Chris that won. Okay, Chris, it's you. Um, Matthew Ryan. No uh, comment. Guy <laughs> Dyson. Yeah. And Has he got uh, a vacuum cleaner? Anyway, yeah, okay. yeah, probably. And uh, N.A. Perry. Okay. Not applicable Perry. That's right, yes. Good. So, um, who contact is it, us. Who is in Buton-on-Trent? Or possibly Bur- Burton-on-Trent. I reckon Burton-on-Trent. I used to live in Burton-on-Trent, you know, for about a year of my life. Mm. When I was a child. Mm. They were very nice, the people of Burton-on-Trent. I liked them a lot. Mm. Quite a heavy smell of hops around the place. Which I didn't like so much, but you know, I was a fussy child. So anyway, that was all the winners, yes. and, uh, and so let's set a new competition. There's, there's an outside chance not all of them were overseas this time. Yeah. So that'll that'll save us some postage, Nick. Hooray! As I said, a new competition. <laughs> and the question is, I've got it written down, but David, you came up with it, so you can ask it if you like. Oh, what was it? Oh, yes, I know. Um. I won't well, tell you what, what the prize is, is first. I'll go on then, yeah. God, the prize is Sprague. What's the prize? <laughs> <laughs> Can I just ask someone who's randomly walking past the office if they know what the prize is? 
Hello. Do you know what the prize is? Oh, that would have been brilliant if someone had been walking <laughs> past, wouldn't it? Bob knows what the prize is. Yes, Bob, what's the prize? So That's all you need amazing. to do to win the fantastic prize <laughs> is... Um, which... I quite like the idea of not saying what the prize is and then just surprising people with whatever we send. Here's mm. the question. Which episode of Blake 7... No, that was not the question. No, 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 start again. Yeah. In the Blake 7 episode, no. oh, yeah. Rescue, a Doctor Who monster appeared, resprayed. What was that monster? And Bob, if you could just remind us what the prize is. <laughs> you know, we really shouldn't encourage this, don't you? Yeah, we probably should say what it is by a, a sprag. What is it? It's some uh, signed Blake 7 CDs. We've got five signed by uh, Paul Darrow, uh, which we watched him do at Big Finish Day, so we can give, give them away to five lucky winners. And? And we've also got some scripts. Script. What, whole scripts or front covers? Whole scripts. Are they? Whole yeah. scripts. Um, yes, I'm, um, have we decided exactly how we're uh, handing out the scripts? Yes, um, so there are two scripts of Foe from the Future, two scripts of The Valley of Death. Both of them are signed by all the actors, Tom Baker, Louise Jameson, fantastic guest stars, and four people will receive a script each. Okay. Yeah, and fair. that's well. That seems to cover it then. Who's, who's getting the um, the Blake Seven stuff? Another two people. No, because there's five no, of them. No, oh, they'll, okay. They'll, they'll get them as they'll, they'll get a script and a Blake Seven box each. Gotcha. And Except one runner-up will get a box. Okay. Yeah. Well, that seems fair enough. And the closing date for the competition is March the thirty-first. It's nice and easy to remember, isn't it? Of March. Yes. <laughs> Oh, and don't forget, podcast.bigfinish.com is the email address to send your entry to. Um, that's it then. It's time now to go over to the Toby Hayduck podcast. Any last words? Toby Hayduck's great. We do rather like him. I'm going to listen to that Toby Hayduck podcast. Yeah, I think you're I up- sure. I uploaded you're it and I've it. still not heard it. Get on yeah. with it. I'm, I'm going to get my that, friends to listen to it. I'm sorry that it was for some time called the Toby Hayduck podcast. <laughs> But, you know, what can you do? It's now been, the file's been renamed. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Hello, I'm Sarah Millican, and you're listening to the Toby Hairdog podcast. I'm not in it. Martin McCutcheon doesn't like tomatoes, and that's a fact. This is the Toby Hairdog podcast. The Toby Hairdog podcast. He needed some copyright-free humming music. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the very first Toby Haydoke podcast. I was going to call it Lower Your Expectations, or even... But I I couldn't spell the latter, and I was told that the former wasn't positive or self-assured enough. So under advisement, I've gone for the humility-free Toby Haydoke podcast. I am, you'll never guess, Toby Haydoke. Or am I? I might just be somebody that sounds very like him, as it's audio... You'll never know. Anyway, for future instalments, I'm perfectly happy to answer any questions you send in or perhaps discuss the vital issues of the day. And when I say discuss, I mean talk about at length with absolutely no intention of letting you get a word in edgeways. So, Twitter me re, 
If you can't find me on Twitter, well, you failed the intelligence test and thus anything you have to ask is irrelevant and invalid. But first, what is the news of the moment? Uh, normally it'll be news of the month, but uh, I'll call this news of the past six weeks because the uh, podcast has taken a bit longer to make than I thought. Well, David Cameron, at the time that this podcast was conceived so very topically, uh, had asked for some ethical capitalism. I guess that was as a precursor to requesting some noisy mimes uh, or perhaps some Hollyoaks actors or maybe even a, a likeable Kelvin McKenzie. Oh, fiscal news just in. Harry Redknapp's former accountant suggests that we sequester any spare funds we might have in an offshore account under the name of one of our pets. Good idea, though I am ruining the day I christened my goldfish tax dodger. And the best news recently has been the potential destruction of the Sun newspaper and the arrest of some of its staff. Uh, upon arrest, they will, of course, be entitled to one phone call. I think we should all be able to hack in and have a listen to that phone call. It would only be fair. Well, that's quite enough topicality. Coming up, we have some tweets, uh, some obituaries and some celebrations. Not the chocolates. They are the confectional equivalent of bonsai, about as close to genetic engineering as the world as Cadbury has dared to teeter. It should desist immediately. There'll also be songs and sketches and not actually songs, as I can't song. But I can sketch. So, uh, sketch. This is a Toby Haydock sketch. Ooh, sketch. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to celebrate the marriage of Stephen and Janet. Stephen, do you swear to enter into this marriage with love, commitment, and for tax purposes. I do. Janet, will you love and honour Stephen by pretending to believe in God for at least the next 20 minutes, even though you're not at all religious and just think that a church is more romantic than a registry office? I will. Stephen, do you vow that from this day on you'll live with this woman in pretty much the same way that you always have? but with gradually less and less sex. I will. And Janet, do you promise to enter into this union with all your heart and the assurance that if he dies, you won't have to pay capital gains on the house anymore? I do. Stephen, will you signify your marriage by the exchanging of rings and by allowing Janet's cousins to turn up dressed in kilts and sporrans even though no one from her family has lived in Scotland since 1658. I will. And will you, Janet, show your loyalty to Stephen on this special day by keeping your Uncle Reg away from the bar, just in case he has one too many and starts talking about what he calls our turbaned friends? I will. Before we sing, hum, or mumble hymn 576, does anyone have anything to say? Yes, Vicar. Do you promise to marry us in the eyes of God, knowing full well that we'll never come to church after this, but also aware that weddings are the only way you can really make money nowadays? I will, for richer, not poorer. I now pronounce us wedded in hypocrisy. Amen.
fresh from present concerns, we're going to go across to me from the past. Whilst touring moderate-sized comedy clubs, doing my best to provide an entertaining interregnum between that moment where you leave the house on a Friday or Saturday night and that other moment at which you're drunk enough to start pouring each other and embarking about some primitive nocturnal friction, I will be answering your questions from whichever Shangri-La I happen to be eking out my sorry existence. This, as the modern parlance has it, is the interactive part of the show. Time was, audiences just let the professionals get on with it, you know, trusting artists to say, use their experience, wordsmithery and erudition to divert, entertain and, nay, even move them. Nowadays, with everyone red-buttoning here or updating their status in the Silicon Valley of narcissism there, we're expected to make everything interactive, as if somehow your contribution benefits us or, heaven forfend, even improves upon our labours. Oh, yes, quite right. I bet when Ben Johnson was slaving away over Volponi, he just couldn't wait for the local blacksmith to stick his head through the window and give his opinion on the scribe's grasp of character, rhythm and metre. You don't expect this sort of thing in football. No one says, yeah, 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 let's get Bill to nip on and demonstrate the efficacy of his opinion about how to mark Patrick Vieira. No, football interaction is rightly exiled to some crimson-cheeked fat man caterwauling from the stands whilst the skilled athletes parade their hard-earned abilities on the field. Or even in the pub, where it rightly attains the status of the hollow, drunken boasting that it is. So, if you're in any doubt, let me emphasise once again how much I value your opinion. Uh, your questions will be read by an actress, but just the one. I'm not made of money. Or friends. Or actresses. Unless you know any actresses that look like slightly narked geography teachers. Anyway, over to Toby Haydoke from the past. Where are you? Me from the past. And well, I find myself in the illustrious environs, the glorious habitat that is the Travel Lodge in Preston. Oh yes, not the one right on the outskirts, the one closest to the centre and the East is East curry house, where I think you'll find all the celebs hang out. Of course they do, they have a man just to open the door. Anyway, I tweeted merely five minutes ago and questions are zooming in thick and fast, so I'm going to answer some of them now. We have a, a question from Pete DT, that's PDT Comedy. Uh, Pete asks, Do you put geeky references and themes into your regular stand-up act as a rule? If so, how do you know it's OK to do so? Um, I choose when it's OK to do so. Sometimes, if I'm doing well, I will cheekily slip in a reference because if you're doing well, you feel, yes, I'm enjoying this. I can get away with throwing in a cheeky reference. They like me, indeed. They love me, indeed. They're starting to worship me, and that lady over there wants to kiss me on the face. Uh, I shall say the tomorrow people, and even those that don't get it, will be carried away on the euphoria and the fact that I could get away with anything now because that's the power of the truly gifted stand-up. I mean, I could just stand there and say, let's annex Poland, and I'd probably get half the audience to come with me. And so I'll go the tomorrow people. Like, oh, I don't know what that is, but I'm sure it's hilarious. Uh, uh, and if it's going badly, uh, <laughs> same rules apply, really. You go, well, I'm not doing terribly well. Um, you're not going to enjoy this anyway, so I may as well mention Quatermass in the pit, because then at least somebody in this room will have some joy, even if it's only me. So, frankly, I, I throw in references 
uh, quite often, uh, I seem to recall at the Comedy Store, less than a month ago, uh, I, did, I, I made a reference to the Grove family. And that's about as obscure as you can get. First TV show opera, everybody, starred uh, Edward Evans. Endo2005 says, Why is it whenever anybody gives an opportunity like that, my mind goes completely blank? Well, that is the same reason, is the only time ever somebody ever wants to kiss you on the nether regions is the one time we've forgotten to a blute fastidiously down there. It's what's called life. Uh, it's, it's just, you know, life tends to give with one hand and take away with another. This is a Tommy Haydock joke. Ooh, joke. A joke. <clears throat> Why don't students sing the blues? Because all blues songs start, I woke up this morning. There we have it then. A joke there. A joke. This is a Tommy Haydock segue. Ooh, segue. Now, we live in a world of technology at our fingertips, access to hot food and hot water, and creature comforts the vast majority of the planet's population would kill for. So whilst it may be easy for me to get a giggle by getting all flustered about the fact that IKEA stuff is really hard to put together, or that I don't understand why that man from N-dubs wears a hat indoors and doesn't even bother to sing, or why most TV critics earn a living writing about a subject they have little knowledge or love for, I am going to try to curb my inner curmudgeon and to use this podcast to spread a little bit of joy. A positive spin. A light at the end of the tunnel, eh? Hey, Paul McCartney in a list of dead Beatles. So, I've decided to do a feature called The 700 Wonders of the Modern World. Will I do 700? Unlikely. Well, ridiculous. That would suggest there'll be enough interest in this podcast to sustain 700 editions. As I record these words, I haven't even published one yet. I'm not arrogant enough to think that the gaping moor of cyberspace expectation wants to consume 700 gigabytes worth of my meandering. I'm not without ambition, though. So, of course, I hope that this is listened to and enjoyed and perhaps gets some kind of life of its own. But frankly, if it is successful, do you think I'll carry on doing it when TV and theatre and film and, dare I say it, the throne come a-calling? <laughs> not on your Nelly. I won't need you then. Anyway, I've decided that everyone is too critical nowadays. Comedy is easy when you're pointing out someone's faults and foibles and hypocrisies. But life is a miracle, a confluence of scientific processes that has led us to create a societal infrastructure which feeds and clothes us all and still has space for the joy of art and, and nuance and, and the theme tune to Paddington. And so... The 700 Wonders of the Modern World, number one. Now then, the mark of any civilised Englishman is the quality of his toilet reading. Even as a miserable child who would while hours away reading books whilst trying to distract myself from the sheer biological horror of what was going on at the other end, I dreamed of impressing people by lining my lavatory shelves with books of witticisms or trivia. Now, fear not, this will not be a podcast of toilet humour. Not really my cup of tea. I'm, I'm not one to make jokes about farts and wheeze and poos. I'm not childish about such things, but there's a place for them. And that's in a special room that has a lock on it for a perfectly valid reason. Which is because what you get up to in there is your business and nobody else's. I have as little intention of telling you the ins and outs of my behaviour in that private sanctum as I have for discussions about the prisoner um, people uh, content in my cellar. But, mechanics aside... 
The art of the lavatorial library is a carefully balanced one. You need something that can be read in short bursts, but rewards the returnee and greets him, uh, ladies don't go to the loom, like an old friend. And the prize of any collection, it freezes out Coleman balls, privatise excellent volumes of broadcasting blunders, Simon Bond's 101 Uses for a Dead Cat, a classic of the genre, oft copied, never replicated, and The Onion Annual, which looks the part but is actually too hefty to read in comfort. It's a coffee table book, really, so for these purposes, allegedly only of use to Una Stubbs and her coiterie. <clears throat> no, the ultimate toilet reading book is anything from The Far Side by the mighty Gary Larson. There's a beautiful quality to this stuff. The character and feeling he manages to imbue in anthropomorphised creatures with the scantest of penstrokes is a testament to his genius. He treats tragedy and strangeness with the same quizzical eye, wryly observing the foibles of life and the ridiculousness of humanity. Favourites include a juggling dog, unicycling across a tightrope with a nervous look about him. The caption reads, High above the hushed crowd, Rex tried to remain focused. Still, he couldn't shake one nagging thought. He was an old dog, and this was a new trick. Sweet, pithy, beautiful. He often doesn't even need captions. The look of dumbfounded shock, not visceral though, these cartoons even treat death as an occupational hazard of the accident-prone, of a hang-gliding man in front of a big whirring propeller and two oblivious 747 pilots seems to say, one day your time will be up, and it'll probably be due to incompetence or some bizarre quirk of misfortune. Ah well. He's not a frivolous man, though. His writings show a deep affinity for the animal world, and it's no accident that these creatures he humanises in turn emphasise our animalistic origins. He's a keen conservationist, but any moral through-line in his work is not hectoring at all. He charms you into his world and makes you laugh or smile ruefully when you're there. Larson's is a low-key genius, but no less affecting for that. And just to prove that true love is ever a rocky path, there are also a number of these cartoons that I don't remotely understand, but will pretend to rather than look like an idiot in public. And so all of us lesser mortals are kept in our place, as it should be. Gary Larson, The Far Side, number one in the 700 Wonders of the Modern World. I salute you. This is a Toby Haydock sketch. Ooh, sketch. Hello, BBC Switchboard. How may I help? Yes! I'd like to complain about the evil bile you splattered onto the faces of innocent viewers last weekend. I think you should refund my licence fee. As a grandmother... But you're a man. How dare you! You wouldn't say that if I was a Muslim. I think the BBC should be ashamed of itself. I'm terribly sorry. Don't contradict me! I didn't. Yes, you did. Just then. Well, yes, but I didn't before. Oh, so now you discriminate against the precognizant, do you? Of course not. I knew you were going to say that. Which programme's the subject of your complaint? Typical BBC Bolshevik Broadcasting Corporation muck. Filth. Utter tasteless filth you disgorged into my living room. Ready, steady, cook. And what didn't you like about ready, steady, they cook? They made risotto. And what's so unsuitable about that? I don't like risotto. Can't you show some consideration? But I'm sure a lot of our viewers do like don't risotto. Don't oppress me. It's culinary discrimination from the rice mafia. That's what it was. And that's not the only programme that makes me want to set fire to my licence fee. What about Sherlock? Completely unsuitable viewing. What didn't you like about it? His shirt. 
His shirt. You're complaining about a program because you didn't like the colour of someone's shirt. Did I shirt. say colour? Huh. You'll be calling me a racist next. I'm sorry. I in no way wish to Well, I am. So there. Uh, what are you going to do now? Make a documentary about me? I bet it'd be biased. BBC British Black Consortium. Well, I'm sorry you didn't like his shirt. Is there anything we show that you do like? Yes. I like Antiques Roadshow. Good. How dare you? I'd like to complain. What about? Antiques Roadshow. But I thought you liked it. I do. It. And you went and showed it at 6pm last Sunday. We always show it then. Yes, but last Sunday my friend Marjorie came round for tea. I've had that appointment for months. Is it too much to expect you to show my bestest programme at a time that's convenient for me? I pay Fiona Bruce's wages, you know. And she's got a look in her eye that suggests she likes it a bit unconventional. Yeah, well, there's a place for that kind of raised eyebrow, madam, and it's not amongst the Ming, I can tell you. Still, I like the looks of disappointment. And couldn't you check with me before airing my favourite show? Did you think to record it? What, did you? Well, no. Th how dare you? Typical lack of thought for the viewer. How'd you expect me to do something that you can't be bothered to do yourself? BBC. British. Blinking. Custard. You disgust me. Goodbye. Goodbye. Oh, don't interrupt me. I'm saying goodbye. Goodbye. No, no, no. It won't work. You can't stop me by groveling. Okay, then. Don't good... Stop harassing me. I'm fed up with your excuses. You're just wasting my time now. Okay, goodbye. No, 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 no. Goodbye. And another thing. I think it's about time you put Eamon Andrews back on the television. You never seem to give him work anymore. Hello? 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 Oh, ignoring me now, are you? Yes, yes, that's it. You just ignore me. That's the attitude one's come to expect from the B Blinkered Barbarians Committee. Yes, yes, you just... You just... You just uh, hello? Hello? I just wanted someone to talk to. And now, a change of tone, if I may, as I round obituary corner... No kings, queens or politicians here, just a personal selection from amongst the recently departed whose faces we've let into our living rooms over the decades whilst perhaps rarely stopping to note their names. Now I'm aware that this podcast purports to be entertainment so we're going to have a little offshoot where I do a round-up of the many people who've left us in the past six weeks or so. But for now I'll just go over to David Kelly, the Irish builder O'Reilly who made such a mess of faulty towers. Kelly's wiry physique and creased, slightly confused air made him excellent comic support on TV over the years, notably as the one-armed Albert Riddle in Robin's Nest, for those of us of a certain age. I was delighted to see him win some pretty hefty film roles latterly, notably as Grandpa Joe in Tim Burton's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and alongside that other missed old rogue Ian Bannon in Waking Ned. But for me, there'll always be a soft spot in my heart for Abdab, in Whoops Apocalypse, the fawning manservant of Bruce Montague's incompetent Shah, who comes out with ever more inappropriate and over-embroidered overtures to his idiot of a master. He steals the show. Is that you, Twinkle of the Galaxies? <laughs> Tell me, Abdel, am I in hell or in purgatory? You are on a British cross-channel ferry, master. <laughs> oh, I, I thought I was blown up. Everyone thinks you are blown up, master. Now you can travel to Britain in safety and comfort. <laughs> you don't sound well, Toast of the Zodiac. 
hot and feverish. I have some coffee here to cheer you up. You just poured it over my face. Signs and apologies, Scott of the Antarctic. Will you take up that blindfold? But then I would catch sight of your holy countenance and have to pluck out my eyes with a pair of sugar tongs. So R.I.P. David Kelly and indeed everybody who features on this podcast's offshoot, Obituary Corner, which you'll find elsewhere on the internet. This is a Toby Haydock link. Well, that's it. Next time, I'd like to add a segment called A Thing. This can be anything you love. I think that despite all the knowledge at our fingertips, we don't know enough. So I want to find out about things. Please do send in your suggestions, something you think is fascinating, something you enjoy, something that I can communicate to the listeners, because they've both got an awful lot of time on their hands. I want this section to be full of interesting facts and shared zeal. And uh, don't worry if you're worried... Now, what'll happen if nobody sends anything in? Because I'll pretend that they have. But go on, do it. It could be anything. Although close encounters of the animalistic kind would be totally out of the question. I can't edit pig ecstasy on Garage Band. Believe me, I've tried. Till then, let me entice you to listen to next month's podcast, where the credits will definitely not be read by Ricardo Montalban. There'll definitely be a joke uh, and also a fact next month, and Obituary Corner probably won't feature, sadly, Jedward's career, the BBC's credit-shrinking policy, or those headphones that leak other people's music on every single train I go on. Till then, peace, love, uh, except for you headphone people, and tatty bye. This has been Toby Haydock making noises in a hopefully entertaining, or at the very least, mildly diverting fashion. That was the Torby Haydock podcast. It featured Torby Haydock, Catherine Mount and Lee Fennick. You asked me to read the credits, bloody idiot. Are you still listening? Really? Have you fallen fallen asleep? The 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 content finished ages ago. Um. Um. You're weird.
I mean, this bit can't be important. I haven't even gone back and edited it so that I could say the word finished properly. I, this, I don't care about this bit. I mean, it's torn. And, as far as I'm aware, nobody's ever going to hear it. So, you know, doesn't matter if I do that or, or attack a nun or go away. Have you got anything better to do? Well, I suppose if you had, you wouldn't have been listening to this in the first place. Um, should we just uh, sit here then?